Welcome to the podcast for Salem Baptist Church, where the senior pastor is Reverend Dr. Selwyn Q. Bacchus. Salem is located at 3131 Lake Street in Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. This podcast has been created as a mobile companion to your engagement with Salem. Whether you use it to listen to a service you are unable to attend or to revisit a sermon, we pray that this podcast will serve as a source of motivation and connection to a word-centered and spirit-led church that cares about your journey. Be sure to turn on your alerts as we deliver a variety of content to you. Don't miss out on church services, interactive Bible studies, and special interviews all here on Salem's podcast. Share the podcast with a friend or family member. Listen as you have your morning coffee, daily exercise, or travel to work. No matter when you are listening, we pray this episode blesses you.
Good morning to each and every one of you who joined us in worship on today here from the sanctuary of the Salem Church. We are so grateful that you joined us in this time of worship. What a great blessing it is for the Lord uh, to provide us this opportunity to worship him in spirit and in truth. And so now let us invoke and invite his presence in this moment of worship. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Again, Lord, we are grateful and thankful for this privilege and opportunity to worship you today, to lift up your holy and righteous name for you and you alone are worthy of all of our worship and worthy of all of our praise. We lift you up now. We pray your blessings upon each and every person who joins us as we lead in worship from the sanctuary of the Salem Church. Come now, Lord Jesus. Come now, Lord Jesus. And we ask these prayers now in his name, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. The Music and Fine Arts Ministry is going to lead us further in worship at this time.
And when you've seen him work, you can go with confidence to him in prayer. It is opportunity that we are corporately able to go to the Lord in prayer. Certainly we want to remember those who are in civic leadership all across our country, our state, our city, our county, specifically those who are part of our church family. We want to lift in prayer Sister Sadie Alley, Sister Mary Thomas, Sister Acra Cooper, Sister Lillian Dancer, Sister Joyce Hatley, Sister Mary Turnbow, Sister Sandra Turnbow, Sister Barbara Hawthorne, Brother Eddie Kellogg, Reverend Eulish Moore, Brother Frank Stewart Sr., Brother Tyler Wood Wilson. Certainly we want to remember those who are bereaved and grieving, Sister Tricia Grave and the loss of her uncle Randy Grave, the family of our former member, Reverend Bruce Norris, we want to lift them in prayer. Sister Lillian Ingram, the loss of her granddaughter, Renee Ingram. And certainly there are names that are not on this list, but certainly are in need of our prayers and our intercession. As saints of God, we should not only be concerned about praying for ourselves and for our own, but there are times that we should be concerned about lifting others to the Lord, interceding for others on their behalf. So let us go to the Lord in prayer. Again, Lord, we are grateful and thankful for all that you have done. We are reminded daily of the brand new mercies that greet us each morning. <clears throat> and we are thankful, God, that you loved us enough and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us all. And we thank you for the power and purpose of his resurrection. It is through his resurrection we live, have life, life abundantly, and we'll have life eternally. And for that, God, we are grateful. We come before you knowing that we've come short of your glory. We failed we've fallen. But God, your word promises us if we confess our sins, you are faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so even now, we come to you asking you, God, that you would purge us, cleanse us, forgive us. And even now, God, there are names that have been called we pray and believe, God, that you can visit every situation. You are not confined by area, space, or time so that you can be where these saints of God need you to be. Visit them in hospital rooms, in nursing care facilities, behind prison bars, and even if it's behind the prison bars of their minds, God, we pray that you would visit them there. One thing we realize is that you can meet every need and you can meet us at the point of our need. 
So that's why we come to you humbly right now in the name of Jesus. For those who are praying with me right now, their names have not been called, their situations have not been highlighted, but we are well aware that you know their situation. So bless them, strengthen them, encourage them, give them everything that they need. We ask these prayers now in Jesus' name. And the people of God said together, amen and amen. We certainly want to continue to thank you, Salem, for your prayers and for your support during these unprecedented times. We praise God for your encouragement, your encouraging words, uh, for reaching out to us as staff of the, the senior pastor of the staff and the leadership of the Salem Church. Again, we continue to ask and plead for your patience, your support, and your prayers. We continue to plan for reopening. We don't have a concrete date yet. But we continue to remind you and alert you that things will be uh, different. We are living in a new normal, and we will continue to, then to ask you for your prayers and your patience, your understanding, and your support. As we said on Thursday night, we want to remind each of you, and please share with those who are in your family who do not watch us on the live stream that we have moved our Word for Your Walk broadcast to the CW Network at 1.30 p.m. on each Sunday. And we were blessed to be able to find that consistent spot, and so please support it with your prayers and your viewership. We thank you for continuing to support us and support the ongoing ministry of the Salem Church through your stewardship. We remind you there are various opportunities and ways for you to support the ministry of the Salem Baptist Church. You can mail your tithe and offering here at 3131 Lake Street, Omaha, Nebraska, 68111, from 9 to 5, Monday through Wednesday, Monday through Friday, I'm sorry. You can bring your tithe and offering here to the office uh, at the Salem Church. Just outside the office, there's a secure tithe and offering box. You can give through our website at SalemBC.org, through PayPal, through Venmo, through the Cash App, and through the Givelify app on your phone. We thank you for your continued support, and we thank you in advance for your continued support through your tithe and your offering that we can continue the ongoing ministry here at the Salem Baptist Church. God bless you. And we want to thank you not only for the members of the Salem Church who continue to support, but there are those who have become our partners in ministry who are not technically a part or formerly a part of the Salem Church, but you've become our partners in ministry. And we thank you for your support as well. And we invite each of you who share in these worship experiences to become our partners as well. You may not be in the Omaha area. You may be all across the uh, nation, across the world, but we invite you to become a partner in ministry here and share uh, your uh, gifts, your tithes, your offerings with the Salem Church that we might continue to do what God is leading us to do here at the Salem Baptist Church. We're going to move forward in ministry as the music and fine arts ministry is going to lead us further in worship.
We're going to ask you to turn in your Bibles and your tablets on your devices to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 45, beginning at verse 1. Genesis chapter 45, beginning at verse 1. And the word of God reads, Then Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him, and he cried out, make everyone go out from me. So no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard it. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. Joseph said to his brothers, please come near me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold in Egypt. But now, do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years the famine has been in the land, and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you and the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now, it was not you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and the Lord of all this house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. The Lord's word is blessed. We'll talk today for a few minutes by the help of God and the Holy Spirit from this simple subject, in spite of, in spite of. Some weeks ago, we began to look at the life of the biblical character, Jacob. It was revealed to us that Jacob lived a turbulent and tumultuous life at odds with his twin brother Esau. Jacob escaped to Paddan Aram where he gained wives, wealth, and a great household. And as he returned to Canaan, the land that had promised, been promised to his grandfather Abraham and his father Isaac, he encountered an angel of the Lord. He wrestled with him until the angel of the Lord blessed him. It was at that moment that Jacob received a new name, Israel. And as we look at his life, we realize that he is blessed with 12 sons and one daughter. And one of those sons is his favorite son named Joseph that we read about on today. Being his father's favorite caused him much dis dismay because his brothers were envious. And furthermore, the dreams Joseph had indicated that he would one day rule and reign over his family. It was his favorite position with his father and his lofty dreams that caused his brothers to sell him into slavery. Joseph, after being sold into slavery, would eventually find himself in Egypt, far from his family, and specifically far 
from his father, Jacob. Yet he experienced the favor of the Lord because the Bible continues to remind us that the Lord was with Joseph. It was the life of Joseph we looked at two weeks ago when we preached about a life of favor. Joseph experienced the Lord's favor in spite of his family's jealousy, in spite of false accusations against him, and in spite of being forced into a bad situation. It was in that bad situation that we left Joseph a few weeks ago. Joseph had been thrust into prison because his master's wife had falsely accused him. But yet, even in prison, Joseph rose to prominence because the Lord was with him. You see, the life of Joseph teaches us various things. and One of the awesome principles and precepts it teaches us is this. It does not matter where you are. If the Lord wants you to be found, no one in the world can hide you. You see, if the Lord wants to elevate, exalt, and promote you, it does not matter what your current condition or position may be, because he can create the circumstances to elevate you and exalt you. If the Lord decides it is your time, it does not matter what your location and station in life may be. He is able to move what seems to be immovable and make possible what seems to be impossible. And that's what he does in the life of Joseph. I remind you, Joseph had been in prison and he has risen to a place of prominence even in prison, so much so that the keeper of the prison puts him in charge of everything. And it happened while Joseph was in charge that two of the king of Egypt's servants, a butler and a baker, were thrown into prison by the king. Both the butler and the baker had dreams, and the meaning and interpretation of those dreams eluded them both. Joseph, being used by the Lord, interpreted the dreams correctly. What Joseph had foreseen and foretold came to pass. Now, I want to remind you that the Lord can create the circumstances for him to pour out his blessings in your life, no matter your station in life. Now, he had interpreted the, the dreams of the baker and the butler, and two years later, the king of Egypt begins to have these dreams that he could not understand. None of his officials could interpret them, and the king and all who were around him were baffled by the king's dreams. The butler, whose dream Joseph had interpreted, finally remembered that Joseph had the ability to interpret dreams. And so he informs the king of Egypt about this Joseph he had met while he was in prison. They released Joseph from the prison, and the Bible says Joseph shaves, he cleans himself up, and he changes his clothes. And then he appears before the king. Joseph interprets the king's 
dreams correctly that there would be seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine. Joseph even shares with the king a strategy to address the seven years of famine that will come to fruition after the seven years of plenty. The king was so utterly impressed, astonished and astounded, that he promotes Joseph from prison to the palace. Joseph, who had been thrown into prison because his boss's wife falsely accused him of making a move on her, is now second in command. Now this surely was not the normal and usual manner of ascending to power. And yet we have to understand the Lord does not always work in usual ways. William Cowper acknowledged this truth as he wrote his noteworthy hymn, God Moves in Mysterious Ways, in 1773. Listen to the words that he penned. God moves in mysterious ways. His wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. Deep in unfathomable minds of never-failing skill, he treasures up his bright designs and works his sovereign will. That's what the Lord does for Joseph. He works in mysterious ways. Now again, you have to notice the life of Joseph. He's his father's favorite son. His brothers despise and detest him, so much so that they sell him into slavery. He arrives in Egypt and becomes the servant of an officer of the king. This officer's wife falsely accuses him of making a move on her. He is then thrown in prison. Thereafter, he's given the responsibility of running the prison. And after interpreting the king's dream, he is promptly put in a position of almost unlimited power. Joseph's story is from riches to rags back to riches. And Joseph's life again reminds us what the Lord has for you. It is for you. Wherever you are in life at this very moment, be encouraged. Because even if it seems you're off the Lord's radar, understand he knows exactly where you are. Listen, you can't hurry God, but you have to understand you can't hide from God either. Uh, the song says, don't give up on God and he won't give up on you. He is able. Now, I know I have some witness who could testify that the Lord did not bless you through a normal or ordinary way. Listen, some of us were waiting for our blessing to come through the front door, but the Lord found a way to slip our blessing through the side window. Listen, we thought the Lord was going to use our friends as a conduit for our blessings, and he ended up using one of our enemies to bless us. The Lord moves in mysterious ways. And that's exactly what he does in the life of Joseph. Joseph is now riding in the second chariot, the Bible says, only behind the king of Egypt. And what Joseph had prophesied and predicted when he interpreted the king's dream came to pass. There was a famine in Egypt. 
Not only was the famine in Egypt, there was a famine in the region around Egypt. Now take notice, this included Canaan, where Joseph's brothers, father, and family resided. However, Joseph's family was at a disadvantage. They had not prepared for a famine. Therefore, they did not have adequate food to feed their family. Now, guess who they have to go to? And who must they ask for assistance? You guessed it right. Joseph, this younger brother that they had called the dreamer. Because the Bible tells us Joseph was responsible for the transactions concerning the abundant food they had stored up during the years of plenty. His family was unaware of Joseph's powerful position and influence. And remember, Joseph was 17 when his brothers sold him into slavery. He was 30 when the king made him second in command. Then there were seven years of plenty, and now they're two years into the famine. That means Joseph is 39 years old or so, and his brothers had no idea of what had occurred to him over the last 22 years of Joseph's life. As far as they were concerned, he was still a slave, or even worse, at that point, he was dead. And so when they approach Joseph to get some grain and food for their family, they don't recognize their younger brother. In chapters 42 through 44, Joseph blesses and torments his brothers. He blesses them because he does not charge them for the grain they sought to purchase, hiding their money in the sacks of grain but he tortures them by hiding one of his cups in one of their sacks and accusing them, accuses them of stealing. He then keeps one of his brothers as a hostage and requires them to go back to Canaan and retrieve their younger brother as a requirement of their imprisoned brother's release. All the while, his brothers are unaware of his identity. Again, they had sold him into slavery 22 years prior, so they had no idea that their brother had risen to power in Egypt. Now, I painted this complicated backdrop and background because this brings us to the 45th chapter of Genesis that I read a portion of earlier to remind us of a few things very quickly that in spite of in our lives how God is still working. So I want to remind us on today, in spite of what we experience, God is still God. In spite of what we experience, God is still God. Now as we open this 45th chapter, we see that Joseph has kept up this dece deception long enough. He's benefited his brothers, and yes, he's caused them to jump through hoops. But he can no longer keep this masquerade going. He now wishes to reveal himself to his brothers. The Bible lets us know he is overcome with emotion. Listen to what it says in verses 1 and 2. It says, Then Joseph could not restrain himself 
before all those who stood by him. And he cried out, make everyone go out from me. So no one stood uh, with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard it. Joseph could no longer contain his emotions and fake his feelings. And he moves further and astonishes us <clears throat> with some of his declarations after his initial question, beginning at verse 3. It says, Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. And Joseph said to his brothers, please come near to me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother whom you sold into Egypt. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. The last phrase of verse 5 is the phrase that indicates God is still God. You see, not only does Joseph acknowledge God, but he ascribes and assigns credit to God for placing him where he is as second in power in Egypt. Now understand, both of these things are important. First, Joseph acknowledges God. Now, I describe to you the roller coaster life that Joseph has lived, all of the inequities he's experienced, all of the envy and resentment that had been thrown his way, all of the unfair treatment he had experienced. And yet, Joseph yet believes and acknowledges, rather, that he still believes in God. In other words, his experiences did not cause him to question the existence of God. It caused him to believe and trust and depend on God even more. Child of God, I want to say to you today, don't allow your difficulties to make you run away from the Lord. Allow them to cause you to run to the Lord because God is still God. Now let me broaden that, broaden that further. In spite of what's going on in the streets of this country, in spite of the unfair and unjust treatment black folks experience in this country, in spite of the medical emergency we are experiencing in this pandemic, in spite of a lying, deceiving, dishonest, low-down inhabitant of the Oval Office, I want to tell you God is still God. And when everything else seems shaky and shady, he is the one we can run to because God is still God. But not only did Joseph acknowledge God, he ascribes and assigns credit to God. He tells his brothers, I know you were wrong for selling me into slavery, but you are not ultimately responsible. Joseph says, God sent me here to Egypt. And he sent me here because he had a plan and a purpose. The Lord, Joseph is saying, knew this famine was going to come. And he sent me here to be in place to handle it. And child of God, I want to tell you today, God is still God. And he sees some things 
you cannot see. He sees far down the road, and it may be rough right now, but he's putting together the pieces of the puzzle of your life together at this very moment. And now is not the time to doubt the Lord or desert the Lord or disregard the Lord. He knows what's in your future. He has plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. And I want to tell you, child of God, no matter how rough it might be right now, now now is the time to declare that God is still God and he's putting my future together. You see, sometimes we can't see it, but God is still God and he's working it out. And he may be doing it behind the scenes. He may be doing it without our knowledge, but he's still working it out. Listen, Joseph's brothers didn't realize when they sold him into slavery that one day he would be in power in Egypt, but it just reminds us that God is still God. So in spite of what we experience, God is still God. But in spite of what we experience as well, God still shows grace. It has often been said, mercy is the Lord not giving us what we deserve, as I said on this last Thursday. But uh, uh, mercy, rather, uh, that's great, but, but grace is the Lord giving us what we do not deserve. Uh, mercy is the Lord not giving us what we deserve, and mercy is the Lord giving us what we do deserve. Grace is the Lord giving us uh, what we do not deserve. And Joseph exemplifies God's grace in this text on today. Again, grace is the Lord giving us what we do not deserve. Listen to what he says to his brothers repeatedly, verses four through seven. And Joseph said to his brothers, please come near to me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here, for God sent me uh, before you to preserve life. For these two years, the famine has been in the land, and there are still five in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Now remember, his brothers were jealous of him. They mistreated him, and they even sold him into slavery. And yet he declares, God sent me here to take care of you and your families. As much as you harmed me, as much as you hated on me, as much as you were wrong toward me, I am going to make sure you're taken care of. And I'm going to give you what you don't really deserve. Somebody ought to be shouting in your spirit right now because what Joseph does for his brothers is what the Lord does for us. He gives us what we don't deserve. Now you don't have to say it out loud because you may be saying some stuff you don't want folk to know oh, but when you look back over your life and you think about all the things you really deserve, 
and you think about how the Lord held those things back, you ought to tell the Lord, thank you for grace. Somebody here listening or watching, it's scary to think of where you might be and who you might be if the Lord had not shown grace. I, I know you can't say it too loud where you are right now, but you ought to shout in your spirit because God still shows grace. He gives us what we don't deserve. He allows us to live in spite of what we should have received. Oh, and many of us here today, it's only because of his grace. It's only because he's given us what we did not deserve. And that's what Joseph did for his brothers as bad as they treated him. He says, God has put me here and I'm going to show you grace. So in spite of what we experience, God is still God. In spite of what we experience, God still shows grace. And in spite of what we experience, God still gets glory. In spite of what we experience, God still gets glory. Now, it's not here in this chapter, but it's further down and recorded in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. Uh, Joseph and his brother's father, Jacob, had died. Now that uh, his father, their father has died, his brothers are now afraid that Joseph can now execute the revenge that might have been spared because of their father's presence. And they humbly approach Joseph, telling him before our father died, he prayed a prayer and shared with us a request. And that request is, before, after I die, I need you to make sure you tell Joseph uh, that uh, he needs to forgive each and every one of you of the sins against him. Uh, they believe that they can say in their father's stead uh, that uh, to Joseph, listen, daddy said, forgive us for the sins of the wrongdoing of our youth when we were envious of you and we were jealous of you and we were harsh toward you and even when you uh, we sold you into slavery and Joseph's response is one of the most powerful scriptures in the word of God it's there in Genesis chapter 50 verse 20 listen to what Joseph says it tells us that in spite of what we experience God receives glory he says but as for you you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many lives. Listen again, Joseph says, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. In other words, Joseph was trying to tell his brothers and to tell each and every one of us that the Lord works out the worst things so that ultimately he can be glorified. Did you hear what I said? The Lord works out the worst things so ultimately he can be glorified. And so Joseph could look at his brothers and say, yes, I know you meant it as evil against me, but God 
minute for good. God worked it out so that in the end, he could be glorified. And child of God, I want to tell you, no matter what you're going through right now, God is trying to work it out so that he could be glorified. God is trying to navigate the situation. He is navigating the situation so that at the end of what you're going through, you can declare to the rest of the world, you meant it for evil, but God worked it out for the good. Do I have a witness today? And some of us can testify that in retrospect, as we look back over our lives, with all of the valleys that we've gone through, with all of the midnights that we've experienced, with all of the disappointments we've had in life, with all of the heartaches and heartbreaks we've experienced, we can look back over our lives and tell some folk in our lives, yes, Lord, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And I've come to the realization in my life uh -huh, that I want to be someone where God gets the glory out of my life. Do I have a witness today? Well, uh, oh well, uh, it may mean some heart, heartbreak. Uh, it may mean some hurts. Uh, it may mean some down times. But I will declare, uh, Lord, uh, get glory. Uh, do I have a witness? It may mean losing some friendships. It may mean losing some relationships. But in the end, I'm going to tell the Lord, get glory. Do I have a witness? I need, I need, I need to know if there's anybody uh, in the virtual sanctuary uh, of the Salem Church uh, who will tell the Lord, uh, whatever it is, uh, go ahead and get glory out of my life. Uh, do I have a witness? Uh, well, oh well, uh, yes, Lord. Uh, when the Lord uh, gets glory out of your life, uh, you can testify like Joseph. Uh, the world uh, may have meant it for evil, uh, but God uh, meant it for good. Uh, do I have a witness? Uh, you ought to take a moment uh, and look back over your life. Uh, and some situations the Lord has brought you through and some circumstances he's delivered you from and you ought to tell the world you meant it for evil but God meant it for good and in the end look at me now because God received the glory 
Lift those hands up. Open your mouth and tell the Lord, get glory, get glory, get glory, get glory out of my life because you're worthy, worthy of the glory. Get glory, get glory, yeah, get glory. Yeah, get glory, hallelujah, whatever it is that you have to do in my life, Lord, get glory out of my life, no matter what I've got to go through, get glory out of my life, when the world looks at me, Lord, I want you to be glorified, Get glory, get glory, yeah, get glory, yeah, get glory, yeah, get glory. I said get glory, I said get glory, get glory out of my life. I'm trying to leave it alone. I'm trying to leave it alone, but somebody watching, somebody listening, you know what I'm talking about. With all that you've been through, with all that you've experienced, with all that you've suffered, with all that the Lord has brought you through, when you look in the mirror, you can testify. Get glory! Get glory! Didn't lose my mind. Get glory. I didn't take my life. Get glory. Get glory. Yeah, get glory. Yeah, 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 yeah. get glory. Yeah, get glory. Yeah, get glory. Yeah, get glory. Yeah, get glory. In spite of it all, in spite of it all, you ought to testify at home right now. Say it with your chest, y'all. In spite of it all, in spite of it all, in spite of it all, get glory. I'm going to leave it alone. Get glory. I'm trying to leave it alone. Get glory. Yeah, get glory. Yeah.
spite of it all, God is still God. In spite of it all, God still shows grace. In spite of it all, God still gets glory. I'm trying to stop y'all, but he still gets glory. He still gets glory. He still gets glory. Yeah, glory. Doors of church open. The invitation is extended. Listen, throughout the life of Joseph, it continues to say that the Lord was with Joseph. And in spite of all the experience, his life declares God is still God. God still shows grace and God still gets glory. That was only because the Lord was with Joseph. And if you want to live and in spite of life, you got to have the Lord on your side. So you got to accept him for yourself. And you can do so by accepting Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for the sins of the world, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And if you want to experience the presence of the Lord in your life, experience the free gift of God in your life through Jesus Christ, confess him as Lord and Savior. You can call here. 402-455-1000, option three. There's someone waiting to hear your voice so that you can give your life to the Lord. Or if you're saved, but for whatever reason, you're out of fellowship with the local church, you don't have a church family, you don't have a church home, call us here at 402-455-1000, option three, where you can become a part of the Lord's family. Why don't you come? Why don't you give your life to him today? that you have made a decision today to give your life to the Lord, to become a part of the Lord's church here at the Salem Baptist Church. We pray and believe that this worship experience has been a moment of encouragement for you, a moment for you to know that the Lord will be with you, and in spite of all that you face, God can get glory out of your life. 
Let's pray. Lord, we love you and thank you for all that you've done. We thank you for the blessings of worship and your word. And we pray for everyone who is a part of the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church, wherever they might be listening or watching from. We pray, pray your blessings upon them, that this word would be an encouragement for their week, that it would be a word for their walk. We pray every household that's represented, we pray that you pour out your blessings on each and every one. And now unto him who's able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his glory with exceeding great joy. To the only wise God be glory, dominion, and power, both now and forever. And the people of God all across this city, across this state, across the country, and across the world said together, amen, amen, and amen. And we yet believe the best season of your life is just ahead.